your story may seem trivial or boring or not very exciting, but according to whose standard? All I can tell you is that when I talk to the kids of these individuals and say, would you like to hear your parents' story, your grandparents' story? Without hesitation, they're going, yes, 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 I want these stories because their experiences are my experiences. Their legacy is what brought me here today. These stories mean the world to the posterity. As a young mother, I experienced a paradigm shift that transformed how I saw education and ultimately the world around me. I started this podcast, The Luminous Mind, to connect with and learn from people who are disrupting the status quo in how they learn, educate, and live in the world around them. Prepare for a paradigm shift. Light a candle. Light your world. Benjamin Franklin said, instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle. You're listening to The Luminous Mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's Firestarter is Sydney Decker. Sydney is the creator and owner of Root Story Studios. Sydney launched her business in 2019 after deciding to leave the journalism industry to pursue her dream job. As a former journalist, Sydney has learned to harness the power of storytelling and how to enjoy using those skills in video, audio, and writing to help everyday people preserve their stories and legacies in short documentary films. Welcome, Sydney. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, Sydney is like one of my favorite redheads in the whole wide world. <laughs> so, You're too kind. <laughs> so I'm so excited to have her on to talk to us about all the exciting stuff that she's doing now. I don't know if anyone remembers, but Sydney actually helped a lot with like the early part of the Loomis Mind with a lot of our memes and our website setup and, you know, many things like that. And so she's been a huge part of, and well, and you actually helped me do my rebranding as well. <laughs> I forgot about uh, of that part too, but so you've kind of always been helping me with this. So I'm um, kind of ever present behind the scenes somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely pick your brain an awful lot, but even though I know you really well, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Um, so I am a proud Texan. I was born and raised in Idaho, um, moved to Texas recently. I love my Idaho roots. I love potatoes. Um, but recently moved to Texas with my husband. Um, we've been married for about three years now, and uh, we are proud parents to a very hyper beagle uh, who is currently, bless the heavens, sleeping. <laughs> or, or she'd be very involved in this podcast episode. Um, but yeah, we, we live in Texas, and I am a former journalist. I don't know if we'll get into that a little bit later, but I am a former journalist. I'm very, uh, kind of a new, it, I kind of entered the journalism world and exited very quickly. But I love stories and I love, uh, I love podcasts and history and comedy and just stories. You know, I really just love stories of all kinds. And so, yeah, i just proud Texan, happily married, proud mother of a beagle and, uh, and loving what I do. So, yeah. That's great. Well, she does love podcasts. She always gives me awesome recommendations. Um, the thing that always surprises me is you really love like um, the mysteries, you know. I the, love true crime. Yeah, I will just those... say that right now. <laughs> Dateline every Friday, I am there. <laughs> <laughs> 
the older I get, the less I like those because I'm like, that's just too true to life. I don't, I don't want to know stuff like that happens, <laughs> you know, but right, right. anyway, but I know that that's something that you love. But so you mentioned journalism, but let's talk about like your background and what led you to this life's mission and message of Root Story Studio. If we're going to go way back, when I was in high school, you know, I was in that moment that all high schoolers find themselves in. You're about a junior, senior in high school, and, you know, you, you need to kind of figure out what pathway you're going to take and if you're going to go to college, if you're going to... I had friends who, you know, were deciding to go into the military. Uh, we're just really what I call, and I've heard it called, the decade of decision. And, and so I'd kind of dabbled around in a few you know, things that I thought I wanted to do. Maybe I wanted to be a history teacher. Maybe I wanted to be an attorney. Um, I, you know, again, that criminal justice, maybe I loved history a lot. So I was kind of trying to figure myself out. Um, in the middle of this, I had kind of like a church assignment with my, with my youth group. Um, we were kind of all assigned an, an elderly woman in our congregation to go interview so we were just kind of told to to take a list of questions and get to know them and their background and their life history. And so I went and I did that. I didn't record any of it. I kind of regret that now, but I didn't record any of it. Um, I just kind of sat down and had a conversation. And I just remember as a junior in high school, just being blown away at how much life this particular individual I was interviewing had seen. Um, she was, you know, 80s, 90s. Uh, she's still living, actually. And she'd seen so much history. And I was just so just baffled by that and really just intrigued by that. So uh, I was also doing public speaking competitions because I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> She's very good at them. I actually really loved going to those. So yeah, it, it scratched that history itch again because I, I did public speaking competitions for the American Legion all four years of high school. And so I was kind of tapping into these little little traits and skills that would later lead me into journalism. Uh, so when I was a senior in high school, I'd kind of run out of ideas. I realized I didn't want to be an attorney and I didn't want to be a teacher. And I just was kind of stuck. And my mom kind of went, you could be a journalist. And I was like, yeah, no, those people are like evil. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why I was just, I, I, I just, there's some preconceived notion I had that I just did not like journalists. And I just thought they weren't very smart. And all they did was just read a script on the television. And so I was like, no. And she said, no. I think we should go down this avenue, like, because, you know, you like speaking, and you like researching, and you like helping people understand really difficult concepts, and and you love video. I was making all kinds of little silly videos oh, yeah. all the time. They weren't really silly. It's actually jumpstarts you to this. I mean, you told stories way back then about... I did. I was making videos about our family dog. I was making <laughs> videos about my baby sister. I was making videos about you know, like a a leaf that was floating outside. Like I just was, I had a camera and I, and I had a passion to go like document these things that were, I just really trivial, but I was doing it all the time. So all of these things kind of came together and my mom was really insightful in in being able to recognize that I loved these skills and that there was an industry that could really help me access all of those in a really positive way. So when we went on college tours, we would um, stop by the journalism's department and we would talk to the professors and I was really impressed with what they were saying and what my possibilities and opportunities were really kind of helped me reshape what I thought about journalism, what I thought about what I later have termed to be called the industry of storytelling. You know, journalists are are kind of the gatekeepers of history uh, for good or bad. 
And so I really loved that. And so when I started college, I dove headlong into journalism and I uh, finished my four-year degree. I graduated a Bachelor of Science in Journalism from BYU-Idaho. And uh, then I, I kind of entered the industry. Three of those years, I trained to do television news and I did a lot of internships and I loved it. But in the middle of that, I got married and I really realized quickly that television news was going to be a little more intensive a schedule than I wanted if I wanted to ever see my husband. <laughs> and so, and I knew enough about the industry to know that I loved television news, but maybe that wasn't the direction I needed to go anymore. So I switched to radio my senior year and uh, then worked in radio for about two years. And then, so this all comes full circle where um, last year I decided that I, I loved journalism and I loved the skills that I was getting to use every day, but I liked humans more than headlines. And <laughs> like there was that. something about me telling the same story that everybody else was telling, but missing all these other stories that weren't getting told. Just like your average, like your Joe Schmoes down the street that, you know, maybe didn't have like a crazy newsworthy story, didn't do anything majorly significant in the terms of the world's eyes, but had an incredible life history. And yeah. so that's kind of my professional background. There were little experiences in the middle of that that yeah. prompted me to that. But as a professional, as a journalism, I, I kind of started from one, and this podcast is all about a paradigm shift, right? So I experienced oh. the, the major paradigm shift of being like, I'm never going to be a journalist to being really passionate about what the skills that that industry entails. And I know, you know, in today's society, journalism is a is a hot topic but as as a raw industry and what the principles of journalism are I'm really passionate about that yeah and before we were even starting to record we were talking about tiny little steps you know the young women's thing but then also tell them about like what you did in college you did one of those fun human interest stories that I think really I mean that was the beginning, at least in my eyes, of what I've watched you do with Root Story Studios is to do those human interest pieces. Do you want to tell us about that? That was a really fun story that you did. I remember it was on the news and I remember sharing it as well. Yeah. While I was in college, um, I worked with the TV production crew. We had a show that we did called Upper Valley, Idaho, uh, which would air, uh, I think it was on Sundays, like, you know, twice a year. It was just kind of our, our showing to the world of what we as student journalists could do. And they were very, it was, it was called like a, a magazine type news program. We weren't doing hard hitting pieces. We weren't asking about like politics or the economy. We were just finding really wonderful human interest pieces in the upper valley region of Idaho where I went to school. And I happened to know a woman that I went to church with. Um, she has since passed. Um, but uh, I, I can't remember how I got word, but I got word that she had been like collecting gum and this is unchewed gum. That's a very important thing for me to say. Whenever <laughs> I tell this story, people are like, that's gross. <laughs> no, it was, <laughs> it was like she was collecting like packets of gum for 75 years. <laughs> And oh, wow. I was, I just remember hearing that and going, I'm sorry, what? I've been, I've been going to church with this woman for how long? And I've never known this. And so I called him up and I thought she would make a great interest piece. Cause I think she was also trying to go for the world record for the largest gum collection in the world. And I uh, called him up and I said, Hey, 
kind of crazy idea here, but could I do you as my feature piece for this semester? And they went, yeah, sure. So they brought out all the tubs of, and there were like three or four tubs of chewing gum. I mean, like every uh, kind yeah. of gum you could imagine, just thousands and thousands of types. And I spent an afternoon with, with her and her girls and we talked about how her life history, she'd started when she was a little girl. And she talks about in the story that she had a nickel and she had a little bit of extra cash. And so she went and bought her first piece of chewing gum. And, and she talked about what it meant to her to kind of ground her when she was bullied sometimes and, and how it ended up being the glue that stuck the family together. I mean, the family would be spread out across the country, but man, when they saw an interesting brand of chewing gum, they would call their mom up and say, hey, do you have this? Can I get it for you? Can I send it to you? And, and so it was so interesting to spend that afternoon with her. And I remember leaving that, that interview and that story and putting it together and thinking, I really enjoyed that. I don't know if she ended up getting the Guinness Book of World Records. I know that's a, that's a huge process. But I remember thinking like that I just captured this story and you know, I, I wondered what would have happened if no one had talked about that story, like how many people knew, but it was such a touching story. So I really loved that process of, of capturing an important part of her life, an odd part of her life, really. Uh, and we all have quirks like that. We all have little stories and experiences like that. So I had in the back of my head, I thought, you know, maybe I could do this for like a senior project or something, like go interview like elderly people and figure out their life stories and, and help them preserve their life stories. And I ended up not doing my senior project on that. I, I had another topic that I was really passionate about and kind of fit better where I was at that life stage when I was doing my senior project. But that was a really formative experience. And then over the past couple of years, I, I, I've experienced a lot of um, either deaths in my own life personally, or I've seen them, like I've seen people that are acquaintances or friends of friends pass away unexpectedly. I've attended my fair share of funerals. And I just, again, was struck that best stories were told at the funerals and they were told by the people who were left behind. And I just thought to myself, oh, man, I really wish we could have heard those stories from the actual person. Yeah. And so those were kind of, you, you combine those experiences with the thought process, the paradigm shift I was going through of, do I really want to do headlines for the rest of my life or do I want to do something more with these skills? And so those two experiences, one specific and one more kind of general over time, kind of propelled me into forming this idea of like, what if I ran my own business and I help people preserve their stories, not just for themselves, but for generations beyond them? What if we went to a funeral and instead of having a eulogy, we rolled in a television and let the dearly departed tell their own eulogy? What if we have that? And so that what if later became Root Story Studios, um, which is what I'm running today. Yeah. And let's talk about that. I love hearing that, like the highs and lows, you know, sometimes we don't see those tiny little steps that are totally leading us towards like what our authentic mission is. That was the question that of ways that you're living your authentic mission now, but I'd love to hear more about how you moved from journalism to what you're doing now. I think part of that is a very pivotal thing for our family. You know, when my parents had their uh, 50th wedding anniversary, of course, we get uh, Sydney on board of going, hey, let's make this video. And that video today, I, I mean, the, let's see, that was like two years ago, two, maybe coming up on three years ago. 
I still almost watch that every week because it was so, uh, it's such an integral part of my history, you know, looking back on how my parents' relationship was formed and all that stuff. But I'd love to hear that, like moving into that, taking it from broadcast journalism to the business that you're doing now. Well, I'm glad you brought that story up too, because that's, uh, you know, as I've explained, there were a couple of really formative experiences that kind of like, you know, you keep in the back of your mind, but what really kicked this into gear is, is really, was kind of a family experience of our own. And uh, that was my grandparents were coming up on their 50th wedding anniversary. And anyone that knows my grandparents knows that this had been something we had all been looking forward to for years. I mean, yeah, we had been talking about, talked about it. Right. It, it was a big deal and it is a big deal. And um, I think, it was uh, you and, and my mom kind of came to me and like you make videos right I'm like yeah I mean sure <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I just got my degree in this I guess you could say and I'd never done it in a format like I ended up doing it but I kind of made a little 15 minute documentary film I, I interviewed him and again using that journalistic skill and I I didn't do video of them and I, I kind of regret that but again you live you learn and then I like found all their photos. I had them bring over just tubs and tubs of photos and I just scanned all those in. And then I interviewed all of um, their children, my, my mom and my aunts and uncles. She and got me crying, together, you know, it, the best it, it, of me. It was a tearjerker. <laughs> and it was, it, it, what was so incredible about that experience and that's what really kicked this into gear is that this was a, a possible product. Like this is something I could reproduce for people. And is that I put the, that interview together. I brought in some music. I brought in some, I, all of these voices. pictures, extra voices. We had a narrator and we hit play. I had no idea how this was going to go over at this big party that we were holding, but we hit play and complete the room, silence. Yeah. it was complete silence. And the room just kind of it changed and and i watched the story guide people through these emotions as they they would laugh when they would tell a funny story because the way my grandparents met and got married was just it was so funny and touching and then the legacy that they've left for their children and we ended up playing it twice that night because my grandparents were like we got to watch that again we've had new people come in and i don't say all that to say aren't i so wonderful but that's really when i realized one, this is something that people find valuable. Like this was beyond writing down like a life history in a book or a binder, which, uh, you know, I, people get to a point in their lives where they feel compelled to document their own life stories. And it usually ends up as a very thick book or binder, which is not bad at all. But this is a moment where everybody could share and partake in a little snapshot of my grandparents' love story and it meant the world to not just everybody at the party, but it meant the world to my, my immediate family. Mm -hmm. And to be able to see that process happen and realize this is something that is not only valuable, but I can reproduce for people and can bring that value into their lives. I want to do that. Yeah, that's what helped me transition uh, about a year later is I, I really felt like, and I'm a faith believing person, I believe in God. And I really felt like God was telling me, this is it. This is the time you need to do this now. And I had some encouragement from a friend. And so I, I worked to, to make that a reality. And uh, that's what I do now is that concept that, that, um, oh, what's the word that prototype. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That prototype. Uh, I, I created a prototype and unknowingly in the process created a business in that year's time. 
Yeah. And I've had her do, so she did my parents' 50th wedding thing. And then we just celebrated our 25th anniversary. And that was really important. And I'm actually having her work on another documentary for our middle son as a graduation gift. You know, I want to have his, all of these pictures of him and, you know, all through his life. But, and like I said, I still watch my parents' video every, almost every week because it's such a huge part of my life and something, I mean, I, I still cry when I watch it. <laughs> I mean, this is three years later, but I think the coolest thing about it, like I've been to anniversary parties or whatever, where there'll just be photos that are up on the wall um, and nobody really knows the story behind it or anything like that. I mean, and photos are always fun to watch, but you watch these photos, but you don't know any background. But this was cool because it had the story involved and, you know, great music. And uh, it was just, it's fantastic products, completely different than anything I've ever seen before. So that was the goal was to, I've had my mom tell me, oh, you should read great grandma so-and-so's story. She wrote it down and there's like this thick binder buried somewhere in a box. And I'll be honest, I, I never have done it. And it's not because I don't want to read about great grandma's story or journey, but it's because uh, one, I'm a snot-nosed millennial, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how society looks at millennials. But millennials are geared towards video, uh, a very visual group of people, very visual generation. And I could even go out and say that society is an extremely visual yeah. generation. I think it goes beyond uh, the millennials generation anymore. We all love video. We all love seeing it with our eyes and not just reading through it. So. Right. We're very visual. That's why we all have smartphones, right? You know, that's why, you know, my grandparents have iPads and smartphones, you know, they, they are very visual too. And so creating a story in a way that is not only uh, accurate, but also really engaging was very important to me. Mm -hmm. They're just fantastic. When we do uh, post this, we'll have to put up some of those videos so they can see the actual difference between them. So I'd love to hear like challenges that you had along the way uh, when you're starting. You know, we all have the failure helps us create success later on. But, you know, what are some of those challenges that you had and what have you learned from going through those challenges? Like you said, every business has initial challenges. Um, and, and I think my initial challenges are, are going to be things that will continue throughout the life of my business. And, and that's because the challenge I have is a human challenge. Um, one, it's educating the customer about this very unique product. Uh, people are used to hitting a point in their lives where they feel compelled to write down their life history for their posterity. That's natural. But how that happens is different. And, and where, like I said, a lot of people write down their history. I have nothing against that. Um, I think it's important to just, if you're gonna get the story down, get it down. Do not let that fade just because you are afraid you're not gonna do it right. But my first, challenges is helping people understand that there are other ways, really engaging and priceless ways to tell your story. And that, and one of those ways is through video and film. And so that, that's been the first struggle is, is helping people understand that there are, all, are alternative ways to telling their stories and that those, those ways are accessible. But the second problem, which is more of the human problem that I mentioned earlier, which is people don't believe that their story really matters. I cannot tell you how many times I've talked with people and they've go, oh, my story doesn't matter. Oh, my kids don't want to hear my story. Oh, I don't have anything interesting to say. I didn't do anything cool. Says who, right? Yeah. It, it absolutely says who because your story may seem trivial or boring or not very exciting, but according to whose standard? 
All I can tell you is that when I talk to the kids of these individuals and say, would you like to hear your parents' story, your grandparents' story? Without hesitation, they're going, yes, yes, yes. I want these stories because their experiences are my experiences. Their legacy is what brought me here today. These stories mean the world to the posterity. And so the human problem that I think I've struggled with and I will continue to struggle with is helping people understand that their story does matter and their story does need to be told. Yeah, some people are embarrassed too, right? Like they're just embarrassed to uh, have a camera pointed at them and then to, you know, let you look at their photos <laughs> so that you can make sense of it. Isn't that also a struggle too of like helping them try to dig out that story? Yeah, totally. There's an element of when you decide to tell your story that you're really confronting your own mortality. And it's not that people are, you know, I'm interviewing people that are on the brink of death, but I am interviewing people usually that are towards the end of their lives. They're in that sunset period. And when you sit down to tell your story, you kind of have a really realistic and very upfront and in your face moment that you're kind of at the end of your story. When we go through the process, we don't emphasize that. And I don't want people to think, wow, someone's going to walk in and (laughs) so you're at the end of your story. But there is kind of a, it's, it's scary to confront your, your life story, to bear that all out to a stranger and to hope that there's any meaning in that. And I guarantee you there is always meaning in the story And there are so many more stories to be told just because you're sitting down to document your story doesn't mean you're at the end. But that is a very real struggle that people have when they sit down to document this, that they're kind of facing their own mortality. And they're also having to ask themselves, "Did, did what I do in life matter? And even though we can all say like a resounding, yes, your story does matter, what you experienced matters, and there's so much more life in you. And don't worry that, you know, this is not the end. Those are real questions that we all have to confront one way or another. And, and when we're going through that process, my job is to help them understand that what I just said, that they do matter and their, their stories are going to bring so valuable to their, to their posterity and that they still have a lot more life left to live, that this isn't the end. We're just making sure that we've got the important things thus far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, and I think it's an inspiration for um, other people that are watching it, maybe your younger posterity or your young, the younger generation, because, uh, you know, when I heard my parents' story of what their legacy was kind of thing for the first 50 years of their marriage, um, it really made me think of what the legacy that I was hoping to leave too. I think that uh, sometimes I mean, that's why funerals, I think, are so impactful to so many people is that they sit down and they listen to these stories of people who have passed on. You know, it really puts uh, life in perspective, basically, for them. Do you feel that way, like with the stuff that you're doing, that it helps bring perspective to people who watch it? Oh, totally, totally. I mean, there is something... It's kind of like I view it like the New Year's resolution process, right? We all go through this process where at the beginning of the year, we're like, we're going to do better. Or we're we're going to, you know, what did I not do so great at last year? What did I do so great at last year? That process of reflection, I, I find to be very important in, in anyone's life. And we do that on a yearly basis anyway, even if we don't mean to. Even people that say, oh, I'm not going to set New Year's resolutions. At the end of the year, we kind of do look back just instinctually and, and kind of give ourselves an evaluation a perspective shift. 
And uh, to do that with a whole life or a whole love story or even on a career or if we're highlighting just a little moment in time, like for example, your, your middle son, my cousin Jacob is, uh, you know, graduation. That's the end of a certain era in his life. And so that process of reflection, I think, does give us perspective. It helps us to feel more grateful. And it also helps us know where we need to go to move forward. Yeah, and to want to do more. So so we talked about a little bit about that paradigm change um, over time in with experience and kind of how your ideas are unique. Is there anything you feel like we haven't covered through that paradigm change? Like, you know, what have you learned from that as well as maybe something that's very unique about what you're doing versus what you've seen out there? I, I've had to go through a, a, well, a long paradigm shift and I, I'm only 25, right? So it's really not that long. <laughs> I work with a lot of elderly people. So sometimes I find myself feeling like I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> I certainly don't have that life experience though, but I think that in the, in the past, I'd say five to seven years, I've experienced this paradigm shift where I've had to, one, learn to just kind of go with the flow. And I think that's a great life message. That sometimes we have a direction that we think we're going to go, and then we go a completely different direction. And, you know, another paradigm shift I have is that everyone's stories do really matter. It sounds so cheesy sometimes when you say it, um, and it kind of sounds like just something I'd slap, you know, on social media or something, like, your story matters, but it so very much does. Maybe your posterity isn't going to care about what you had for breakfast every morning, but they are going to care about, like, why you went through a certain morning routine or why your faith meant something to you. And so that paradigm shift, I used to really love history because of the big stories. You know, I love the American Revolution. That's one of my favorite things to study. That's, a you know, major big stories. But there are so many teensy little stories in there that, that, that give it bigger meaning, stories in right? motion that give it meaning. And so I think my paradigm shift really has been coming to understand in a very real and almost a better way that everyone's stories do matter and they all influence each other. You never know what your teensy part of a story is going to mean for someone's bigger part of a story and vice versa. You know, what a big part of a story is going to impact a teensy little part of the story. And, you know, the more we tell these stories and we share these stories, the more we understand each other as humans and the more we understand each other as, as fellow, you know, brothers and sisters practically. I mean, it's not hard to look at the world around us and realize that we actually have a lot more in common. And yeah, so I think it's important depend on to each document. other more than what we think. Yeah. We do. We really do depend on each other. And so I think it's great that we tell these stories and that we cherish them and not just let them fade away to, you know, in one or two generations, if we aren't telling those stories or they're not preserved somewhere, we lose them. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to lose them. I think everyone's stories are just so beautiful and meaningful. What's the quote? Like, um, those who don't know history or whatever are doomed to repeat it or something. Do you know that, that quote? Exactly. And I think, I, I think you, you nailed it, actually. It's those who oh, okay. don't know their history are, are, are condemned to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's not just the good and the bad. I mean, we, we just want to learn from, yeah, from stand, ourselves. Stand on the shoulder of giants, right? Don't right. Um, use the information of our ancestors to help us become better people. Um, I think one of the most favorite things that you recently did that I thought was really awesome is that you did the field of honor. Okay. I thought yeah. was awesome. And that was during um, 
Veterans Day, right? Where mm -hmm. you did the Field of Honor. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. And then I want to get into your message. Sure. In uh, November, um, I, I am a deeply patriotic person. If, <laughs> if you haven't caught on things uh, that I've mentioned, like I love history and I love the American Revolution and studying things like that. I, I got love, married on Veterans Day. I got married on Veterans Day. <laughs> My ring is red, white, and blue. I could go on. Um, <laughs> got red hair, white skin, blue eyes. I, I just born, what, you're supposed to be born on the 4th of July, but the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hurried it the along. 4th of July, right. Uh, so I have a, a deeply patriotic background. Um, and uh, I'd been approached by um, an individual here in town where I live uh, about doing what's called the Field of Honor. Um, it, it is an event that they've been putting on for a couple of years now where they put up a field of just thousands of flags, American flags, and each flag represents a, a soldier, uh, either active, veteran, living, deceased, um, just anyone who served or a first responder. And something that they'd actually been looking for for several years was a business to sponsor a tent that would allow veterans to come and tell one or two of their military service stories. And this fit perfectly in, in what Root Story Studios does um, and in, in the mission of what we are committed to doing and preserving stories. And Root Story Studios sponsored that tent. And so for a week, we, um, yeah, I say we, it is a party of me, but I have a great supportive family who came out with me. <laughs> and they, um, uh, you know, my family and I were at this tent and as veterans came by, we would ask them, if they would talk a little bit about why they joined the service and what lessons they learned while they were in the service. And we, we wanted to be very careful to make sure we didn't drum up anything that was difficult um, to remember or talk about. Uh, I'm very aware that military service members have to see and do and hear things that they would never want to remember. And, and that's very difficult. They lost friends um, and, and relatives in battle. And so as, as we documented these stories, we were careful to not bring up anything that they didn't want to bring up. And we ended up uh, getting quite a few people coming to sit down and preserve their stories of why they decided to join the military and what their military service meant to them and why they felt it was important that younger generations knew the stories of the older military service members and what they wanted the, the future generations to know about military service and what it meant to them to be at the field of honor and what it meant to them to reflect on the sacrifices made by them and and their military comrades basically and uh, it was a very moving experience for me it was humbling for me to sit and listen to all these various reasons for why they joined some were drafted some didn't have a choice some joined because they felt like it was going to give them good pathway in life other people joined because they were you know really committed to to serving their country and it was just a beautiful week to do that and we did that all free of charge for them and it was just so much fun, just seems almost like it, it, it was such a reverent experience, but it was also just really fun to sit down and talk with so many different people of so many different backgrounds about why they made the decisions they made to serve their country. And so that is something we've recently done and we are looking forward to doing in the, in the years to come. Um, is helping preserve the stories of veterans. And what do you do with the stories once you've taken those videos? Who does that go to and what are you making it into? So we, we made sure all the families got a copy of the video. Um, so we, you know, I came home and just edited the interview. Um, these were shorter forms. So I did not go and collect pictures and add music and stuff like this. This was very much a straight cut and dry interview 
uh, just for, you know, volume, length of time and things like that. But we made sure first that the families had a copy of that interview. And then we're going to be using parts and pieces of that for a future promo, basically, for the Field of Honor so that people, the Field of Honor is, is, a, uh, is a fundraiser. Uh, to help veterans in our area. And so the more people buy and sponsor flags, uh, the more veterans are helped. And so we're going to be using that to help people know about the field of honor, to reflect on the sacrifices that, you know, have been made in the name of their freedom. And then also to help them know that they can come and just visit the field. They can sponsor a flag if they want to just be aware of that event and, and make it a part of their year. You know, if you can carve out a day to come visit the Field of Honor and reflect on the sacrifices that have been made, that's a wonderful, wonderful tribute. Not that we could ever do enough to repay our veterans, but it's a wonderful tribute to just take a moment and to, to be grateful and to know about the sacrifices that have been made in, in the name of our freedoms. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a great catalyst into you telling us about your mission with Root Story Studios. Um, maybe just like three key points that you want our audience to know about. Sure. Uh, like I said, I say this a lot, but I mean, our first message is your story matters and it needs to be documented. That's our main point right there is that your story is going to be so helpful for yourself and for your future and and you never know who your story will impact. And so it's important that we document that. Another point of our message is that it is accessible. Like this process of documenting your story is something that it's accessible and we can help you with. Root Story Studios is very much a, not only a business, but a guide through the process of helping people document their stories. We want to make sure that this process is important to the person, that it's as painless as possible and that it's a really rewarding and rich experience for them. And then the, the final uh, part of our message, I would have to say, is that it's important that we document stories no matter what. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a business owner. This is a business. I, I would like business. <laughs> and, and that happens. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, I want to make sure people are documenting their stories. If I can help with that, I am so beyond thrilled. If there is another way that they want to tackle that, that's okay. Just make sure that you're documenting stories. A short experience that I had is I, my husband and I love going to thrift stores. Um, and not just like your average thrift store, but like antique thrift stores. You know, the stuff where you walk in. It's like a museum on sale. Is yeah. <laughs> what I call it. And I have gone into so many and just seen boxes and boxes of pictures. How sad. I mean. it, it, it's sad. And I always buy a few. I usually always buy a few. I have a little collection that I have of, of pictures. I have no idea who these people are. I, I really don't. I, I feel like, you know, it, it reminds me why I do what I do, which is these stories, for one reason or another, ended up in an antique store for sale. And I want to make sure that at least no one that I encounter has that experience where their pictures and stories end up in an antique store for sale where nobody knows them. And so I, I think it's just really important that however you're going to document it, document it. And if we can help, awesome. I really do want to help with that. But just make sure your stories are told. They mean so much to the world in, in, in ways that you may not even comprehend today. 
you live in Texas, but you have a, a national reach here or, or even, I guess, an international if it's really that important to you. But tell people how you're documenting stories of maybe people that live away from where you're at. How are you doing that with your website sure. and stuff? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I am located in central Texas and that's kind of where my base is, so to speak, uh, in terms of, you know, my majority of clients. But I've had many people approach me and say, hey, my dad lives in, you know, Wisconsin or my mom lives in Virginia. Would you fly out to tell their story? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And if there is, you know, a different way we need to do that, if we need to do interviews over the phone or if we need to do interviews, you know, a distance way, we, I work with that. You know, when I did your documentary actually, uh, for your anniversary, it didn't make sense for me to come up to Idaho with the scheduling and everything. And so we ended up doing the interview, audio interviews. It turned out beautifully. The power of voice cannot be denied. I, our voices are so unique. And so uh, for people that are too far away or logistically it just doesn't work and they want to take an audio option, that's totally great. You know, I worked in radio. <laughs> audio <laughs> is also in my skill set. And so, uh, yeah, I, I have a national reach. I fly out to people if they, if they want me to come out there or we, we work with, with what needs to be worked with if that's not possible. Okay, awesome. Well, tell us what you'll find on your website. Like you said, you kind of walk people through how to build a story, but what you find on your website, where, you know, anyone can find any information about what you're doing. Sure. So if you go to www.rootstorystudios.com, studios is plural. If you go there, you're going to find uh, first off on my website that we're doing something different with family history, that, you know, legacies aren't just meant to be read. If they are going to be read, great, but wouldn't it be awesome if we could see them and watch them and, and tell them ourselves or watch our grandparents or parents tell them those stories? So you'll see kind of an introduction of a little recap of what we've talked about here, why I, I do what I do. And then you can actually go through a quiz on a different part of my website. If you're not sure what kind of story you want to tell, or if you're not sure what package is going to work right for you, you can actually go through a quiz and that will send me an email and I'll be able to kind of look at what your needs are, what you're wanting to do, and then help you know what package is going to be good for you. And then we'll work together from there on, on what kind of process we're going to need and, and what kind of stories are, we're going to tell. And uh, you'll also just see package pricing and, you know, samples of some work that I've done. I, I have other samples coming. So you may find a page where there, it says coming soon. And that's just because I'm working on those samples right now. And uh, we also have a blog that I try to update somewhat regularly. I'm, I'm working on being more consistent about that this year of people's stories of tips about how to tell your own story of things that are really meaningful on a, on a worldwide level and all kinds of things uh, about family history and, and legacies. So our blog is also something you'll probably want to follow. And then, of course, you'll find uh, connections to us on social media. So we're on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not brave enough for Twitter yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you're like, I got to limit it somewhere. So right. <laughs> yeah, and give us an idea of, you know, I've talked about anniversary videos. I've talked about the graduation ones and then the veterans. But, you know, what are some ideas of packages that you have? And what are some great times to want to try to sell your story? Or um, you tell know, your story, Day, not sell your story. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, Valentine's Day is coming up, so that always helps people, you know, kind of think about their their loved ones and, and why they fell in love and all that. So Valentine's Day is always a great time to kind of think about your, your anniversary or your love story. 
Um, life histories are great for any time. Most people tend to do them for like milestone birthdays, like, hey, my grandma's turning 80 this year. Can we do a documentary for her life history? I also have packages for if you're coming up on retirement and you've been, you know, doing what, what you do for work for a long time and you want to celebrate that, we can do that. We also have for people who have loved ones who have already passed away, that doesn't mean that you've missed a window to tell the stories. Sometimes it's really great to hear favorite stories from the mouths of your relatives. So we have packages of telling the story of one person, but through the eyes of others. I also do them for pets. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> our pets are really important parts of our lives. I, I see that all the time. I know my, my sweet pup means the world to me. I love, I love our dog. And we've had a lot of fun stories. Faith journeys as well, small businesses. Uh, there are, if you think about a part of your life that's important to you, we can probably do a story on it. And um, we actually um, just released this year a smaller package, which is called the Snapshot, where maybe you only want to do like a two or three minute story or you have a relative that only has like two or three pictures, but you want to make sure that at least one or two stories is told. That's a great way for people to kind of get a, a small taste of what that process may feel like if they're a little hesitant to dive all the way into a bigger package. They can go to the Snapshot and say, I kind of want to document these two or three stories and I have, you know, these short, small amount of pictures, what can we do with that? And we'll create a small version. And that's a great way to kind of test the waters and see if this kind of storytelling is what works for you. That's awesome. I haven't heard about that new one. So that's great. Well, and I'd love to hear maybe some feedback that you've gotten about some of these stories. I mean, I've given some of my own that of what they mean to me, but uh, maybe some other, you know, feedback from other people of what they thought about, you know, getting the product finished versus having all of these pictures just stuffed in a box. Right. The top two things I hear is that this is such a priceless thing. And it really is. Um, once, you, once you have that in your hands and you can watch it whenever you want, it really is such a priceless thing. And the other thing that I hear all the time for people who haven't done it, so people that have done it will say, this is so priceless to me. Thank you so much. You know, we, it's, it's such a core part of, of our lives now. Uh, you know, not that they watch it every day, but when they want to watch it, it's there. And when they want to remember, it's there. Uh, for people who haven't done it and just learn about it, they go, oh man, I really wish you were here when insert name of relative was alive. You know, I really wish you were here when Grandpa Joe was alive. I really wish you were mm -hmm. here when, you know, Uncle Eddie or Aunt Susan was alive. So the people that have the finished product are, are beyond thrilled that they have that as part of their history now. And the people that learn about it want it, even if it's for someone who has passed away because they recognize the value and the power of story. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, that just breaks my heart to think of boxes of photos that just end up in an antique store that have no meaning to anybody because there was no story attached to that picture. You know, if there would have been an understanding of who that person was and what their life meant and what they did, I'm sure those photos wouldn't have ended up in, uh, you know, antique stores just for somebody else to just pick up. Right. Um, so. So I'd love to hear what you've learned while you're mentoring others and maybe habits that have been really helpful in your personal life to help you gain success in telling stories. Are you talking like business or like my business practices or like just in general? Well, business always melds into our personal life, you know, stuff that we're doing. People that are successful in business tend to be successful in other areas too. So just anything you think that's helpful 
that's been helpful to you to become a better person, basically? Sure. Well, I, I think one of the things that um, I realized early on as a journalist and, and have continued to learn um, in greater and greater depth doing this is that um, we're all human. You know, we, we have good parts of our stories and we have bad parts of our stories. And, and so as sometimes it can be uh, frustrating to go through your own story and realize your shortcomings or your failures. Or for me, it's sometimes difficult to go, oh man, I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't do that as well as I'd liked, or oh shoot, that happened, or how am I going to confront this challenge? And to just kind of be patient with the process. It's something I'm not perfect at. I'm far from perfect at, but in terms of habits that have been very helpful, as a journalist, I recognized that usually the story I was working on was going to last a day, and that it may have seemed like a huge thing one day, um, but it's not going to matter tomorrow. And that sounds so sad. But in terms of like, when you're really stressed out about, oh my goodness, am I going to make this mistake? Or oh my goodness, this part of my story is like the suckiest part of my story. It just being patient with yourself in the process is important. I see that all the time when I'm working with customers that maybe are trying to make sure that you know, they look good. And that's not a bad thing. But if there was a trial or a struggle in your life, it's okay to talk about it. And if you know, I have struggles and trials in my life. I have challenges like we talked about as a business owner that I get to confront and that's okay. So I think the biggest habit that I've learned that I'm, and then I'm still trying to learn and master is just patience with the process and recognizing that we're all human and, and that's okay. That's the great equalizer. We're all human. There, yeah. there is not, and none of us, as far as I'm aware, are alien or <laughs> That's the great equalizers, no matter what our background is, no matter what our stories are, we're all human. And that means that we're all prone to mistakes. We're all prone to success. And we're all prone to, to just having good days and bad days. And well, so I, I think that's, that's, that's important. I think the, the spicy stuff of life, you know, always comes with the mistakes. It never comes with the success that we have. I mean, that's actually the boring part because you know, we always see that and we're like, oh, you know, whatever, that person was just like that. But I think what makes the success so much more interesting is hearing the places where we fall. And like we talked about before, you know, if we want to stand on the backs of giants or not repeat history, the best way to do that is to tell a story, to tell it in real raw form. Um, aren't we commanded in the scriptures to bear one another's burdens? How do we do that if we're not telling the juiciness of the story? And granted, I mean, that's a hard thing for people to do is to share the, those spicy failure parts that they feel a little bit more insecure about. But those are really the things that's going to help us, all of us grow to be better people in the long run. And there's a blog post I did, uh, I can't remember when last year, but it was five things that your grandkids want to hear. And one of them is, can you just talk about a time that life really sucked, but you came out on the other end okay? Yeah. Because um, yeah. sometimes we're, we feel like we're the only ones going through this really tough time. Yeah. And you sit down and you read, you know, Uncle Joe's journal and you're like, huh, hey, he had a similar difficult experience. Maybe it's not identical, right? Because Uncle Joe didn't have smartphones or Facebook or YouTube or any of those things. But he had a similar human struggle. And we can find a lot of comfort in knowing that one, that you aren't the only one, but two, you come out on the other end okay. Like yeah. it sucks, but it's going to be okay. 
Yeah. I recently uh, had one of my nieces tell me, you know, we sat down and we got, we had some very real conversations and she's like, I wish people would talk more about this because it was to do with marriage, you know, and how the struggles with marriage and, you know, she looks at us and we're married 25 years or whatever. And that, that must just be perfect picture of a, an idyllic situation. But when I went through like, no, we've had our struggles. These are some things that, that we've dealt with. All of a sudden she was like, wow. And I wish people would talk more about that because you know that helps her understand like I'm going to make it through this and it's going to be okay <laughs> you know that there's that side of it too I, I think that helps us be able to gain that reality that we can make it through and I think that you know when we talk about mental health issues um, that's been a big help to so many people to realize like wow I'm not the only one struggling with you know this or that that bearing that burden to somebody else can actually help them realize like, okay, I'm, I'm going to make it through it. It's not going to be a big deal. And yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be really hard. But at the end, you know, there is an end. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah. And yeah. I think it's, it's, I think it's awesome that when we talk about those stories that we, we do highlight the success at the end of the tunnel. And maybe the success isn't like, oh, and then I got $5 million, you know, <laughs> maybe it's not huge success, but maybe it's just, and then one day I woke up and realized that it was going to be okay. And that yeah. was my success. And then I'm and still so alive. Think, right. You're still good. You're, it's okay. You know, and, and so I think it's important that we highlight the good and the bad. And, and you know, not that, you know, especially when, I, when I'm doing a documentary, if someone doesn't want to talk about it. You're not trying to dig it, it out. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to sit there and be like, all right, let's lay out the worst stuff There's that you've gotta ever There's got to be something through. more here. Right. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to dig for skeletons in the closet, but if people can understand that if there are one or two struggles that they're comfortable talking about and they want to do that to illustrate a bigger lesson they've learned in their life, let's tackle that. Let's go for that. Because for every bad part of a story, there is a triumph at the end. And odds are, if we're tackling that story and it's been like 20, 30 years since that happened, they've learned a lot mm -hmm. in that process. And that part is going to help their family just so much when their family members, their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren can realize, hey, you know, that, that struggle sounds similar. And not only was it struggle, but it turned out awesome on the other end. So mm -hmm. I think that's an important lesson when we're, when we're reflecting on our life stories is recognize the sucky stuff happens. It, it does. But to look for the lesson in it and the good stuff in it. And then, you know, How you can what, if you're comfortable, others. yeah, if you're comfortable, share that with someone in a time of need. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I love hearing that because I think that's really the goal. I think that would stop somebody from wanting to tell the story is like, I'm not a Bill Gates or I'm not this or that. Um, you don't need to be. You just need to tell the story and let people learn the lessons they can glean from that. So let's talk about like long-term goals that you're going to have for Root Story Studios. I'd love to hear like those long-term goals that you have and that legacy that you hope to leave, you know, as, <laughs> as, we, as we talk about legacy, but what, what is your legacy in creating this? Yeah, you know, it's something I've given myself a lot of thought, right? Because the I, the irony of this is if I hadn't thought about the legacy I'd want to leave, am I really doing my job, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I've thought about, obviously, I'm, I'm willing to approach this slowly and surely, whatever, um, you know, the growth is happening and it doesn't need to happen overnight. But I would love to get to a point, I, I tell people that I my ideal funeral and this is kind of my long-term plan, at least once in however long I'm going to do this, ideally for the rest of my life, 
is I would love to attend a funeral where we do, instead of having someone have to, you know, give a eulogy, just wheel in a, a television screen or roll down a projector screen and hit play. I would love long term to see storytelling and our own histories and preserving those histories become a matter of habit instead of something that we confront only once in our lives. And so for me as a business, I would I hope that means that I get to travel and help people tell their stories. If that means nationally, internationally, I want to make storytelling a habit for people. For and the ordinary so, person. Amazing. For the ordinary person, yeah. I want this to be Maybe you're, you're not thinking that, you know, maybe you were a janitor for 30 years and you don't think that matters, but you know what? Let's tell that story. I want to tell as many stories as I can uh, for the rest of my life of ordinary people doing extraordinary things, even if they don't seem extraordinary. I want to do that in Texas. I want to do that across the nation. I want to do it across the world if that's where the stories are at. So I really hope to help people realize that the power of story in their lives and, and make a habit of documenting those. Yeah, I love the idea of um, rolling in a TV screen because I think that'd be so much more comforting to the family than to have to, you know, be sitting around as a family trying to jog up memories of whatever this or that person did. Let them tell the story and then let the family just bask in the comfort of that person's telling their own story, <laughs> you know, that you're not having to try to figure that out for them to tell that to them. So Right. Um, and it's important to, to not wait. You know, if if you're gonna if if you're making a will, you should probably be thinking about how you're going to document your life history too. It's yeah. important to not wait. There's no reason to procrastinate in this day and age. Exactly. Let Sydney help you here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, well, I'd love to hear like parting advice that you have for our listeners and then give us your contact information so people can find out more about Root Story Studios. Yeah, I, I think we've harped on a lot of, of good, and I guess harp isn't the right word here, but we've really just kind of pounded on some really important points. And um, just some parting advice is there really is no reason to wait. I, I say this from experience. You know, I, I've seen quite a few lives in my short 25 years just cut short and their stories mattered. And so I think, like I said, however that process looks for you, start telling your story. And if that means that you sit down and you make a video of yourself every night, or if that means you take a picture of yourself every day, or if that means that you write a journal entry, however that looks for you, start that process. If that means Root Story Studios is going to help you, awesome. I, I would love nothing more than to help people with their stories, but just start. Let the story unfold because it's going to unfold anyway. Every day we get up is a new chapter, it's a new page, it's a new journal entry. It's just whether or not we're going to record the lessons that we learned that day. If you were to look at me and ask me what my journal entry process is, I'm still figuring that out. That's okay. It doesn't need to be perfect. Maybe one year it's journal entries, the next year it's photos. Whatever you're doing about telling your story, be intentional about it and be patient with the process and just watch the story unfold and, and be, a, be a part of that. And really make sure that you're intentional about making sure that your favorite moments, your life stories, your life histories and experiences are documented just little by little. And then it's not so overwhelming at the end. It's a process figuring that out. But start figuring that out today, what you're going to do to make sure your story is preserved for your loved ones and for future generations. Yeah, that it doesn't end up in an antique store. Like I said. don't want to be buying your photo in a couple of years. <laughs> It would be nice if there was a story with it so people could cherish that. And if sure. you're going to take photos, write on the back of them, please. <laughs> <laughs> Organize them according to events, maybe, or years at least. 
All yeah. Right. Okay. Well, it's been super fun talking with you, Sydney. Oh, and your contact information. Sorry. Yeah. So you, you can always go to the, our, um, our website, rootstorystudios.com. I'll spell that out. That's R-O-O-T-S-T-O-R-Y studios, S-T-U-D-I-O-S. I really hoped I spelled all that right. <laughs> rootstorystudios.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's just at rootstorystudios all, all together. And um, you can always email me. Um, it's rootstorystudios at gmail.com. Uh, as you can see, I try to keep my branding consistent. If you want to send me an email or if you have questions, I'm happy to help you explore what kind of options that we have. And, and those are kind of the, the best ways to reach me um, is on the website, on social media, or via email. And I'd love to hear from you. That's great. And well, and I appreciate you coming on and spending some time with me. It's always fun to talk to Sydney. She's one of my favorite people to talk to. So, but definitely be sure to check out her products and I will be sure to link all that information with our website today too. But thank you so much, Sydney, for coming on and talking to us about preserving our stories. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. And I, I hope to hear many stories of, of your audience members in the future. I, I love stories and I, and I love what you're doing here. So thank you so much for having me on, Becky. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. Music featured in this episode from Scott Holmes. To learn more about our podcast, check us out at theluminousmind.net.